of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. I'm going to let it play, but I feel like we've got Brian Munson's song laid out for him now. It's just this band. It's for Brian Munson and Brian Munson only. I can get down with that. Yeah. Let's bring him in. Is he in with us? Yeah, he is. Happy New Year, Mr. Munson. Hey, Happy New Year. I didn't hear the song. What was it? What'd you have on there? Huey Lewis, Hip to Be Square. Yeah. I am a news fan. I have been. Uh... Sneaky good song, Jacob's Ladder by them. I Ooh. typically will put that one on every so often because it's just like, yeah, that sounds like a good tune to kind of put on right now. But yeah, I get a lot of window time traveling between Texas and Nebraska. My my musical tastes stray from one end of the spectrum to the other to podcasts that are just out of this world. So yeah, I just yeah, but that's that's one that brings back the old MTV days when they really showed music videos, man. I mean, oh, those guys man. were those guys were on top of the world at that point. They don't know about music videos in this young kid's age. Nope. Nope. You no know, MTV idea. and all you watched was music videos. Yeah. I mean, what they had the, the VJs and not the not the DJs. Yeah, I the mean, VJs, yes. Yeah. I mean, and those guys are still around like on the eighties channels, like with the the old the satellite thing talking about the eighties, like they're they're really stuck in it. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure that Aquanet is hard to find at this at this point in time. <laughs> That's good stuff. Uh, well, how were the holidays? Got to spend it with family and uh, got to take a little, a little relaxation and recharge time. It was great. I mean, I, I tell you what, what, what really helped was the the college bowl season, which I think all of us would agree the value of it is somewhat diminished just because of the portal stuff, guys opting out. You just don't know what you're going to get. And I think other than like maybe the LSU-Purdue game, everything has been really, really, really good, at least for the games that I have tuned in. Mm-hmm. Tuned in to watch. Like the USD-Tulane game yesterday was, was fabulous. Um, you know, the Arkansas game was, was tremendous. I, they're just – there were so many games to come, and, and don't I don't want to overlook the playoff games at all either. <clears throat> and 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 I just I was so happy about that because I I started to see the questions after the Alabama Kansas State game about whether or not Alabama deserved to be in the top four. And after watching those two games, you know, on Saturday, um, I really had a hard time kind of seeing you know, Alabama doing much much of a better job trying to push any of those teams. I really mm-hmm. felt like all four of those teams mm-hmm. really kind of lived up to the hype and their validation and things. Um, and so I, I really felt like the playoffs there, I mean, obviously you can look for expansion to play a role in some things going forward, and, and that's fine. But as far as the top four were concerned, I, I think they did a good job at, at, at really kind of figuring out that those four teams were deserving. And I'm looking forward to – to see in a TCU Georgia, you know, final. Well, Brian, um, um, before we get into Husker stuff, man, um, what a heavy moment last night uh, as we are as oh, the wow. country watched, um, and we reflected on it and talked about it. Nothing to do with sports, whatever team uh, that you know Hamlin was on, 
Uh, but, uh, you know, the whole thing with that was is, like, as humans, uh, we come out in droves and, and the positivity in the prayer world, but we're not built to see stuff like that last mm-hmm. night. And I, I, you sit here and we talked about, man, you never know. You never know. You take every, a lot of Americans, I think, take every second, every hour, every day for granted. We get up and we go about it sleepwalking uh, through our days. Uh, but when you get yeah. moments like last night, um, man, what a scene. And again, like I said, we're not built for that kind of stuff. No, and I, I totally, I totally agree. There was, um, hmm, I'm trying to gather my thoughts mm-hmm. here really quickly because you, you, you really summarized it very, very well. There's, there's something incredibly disturbing about the image of seeing CPR being performed on a, on, on a player in any sport on, on a field to play and having an ambulance back up onto the field. Um, I think there's always this kind of reminder <clears throat> that there is a there is a um, element of, of risk of danger whenever you go to these events, whether it's a football game or a soccer game or a demolition derby. I don't mm-hmm. care whatever it is, but when you've when you have something like that, you know out there there's always an element of risk and and you see that ambulance that's that's parked off on the sideline somewhere in the shadow that's that's always there and and you and you pray and you hope of course that it's never needed but last night you're incredibly thankful of course that those guys were ready to roll and ready to go Mm um with the hamlin scenario however um you know uh it was just the way that it played out obviously on national tv kind of being that that game of the week, game of the year so far, um, you know, kind of this, hopefully this matchup, you know, people were kind of seeing weeks down the road in the AFC, you know, uh, divisional playoff game, the championship. Um, it, it was such a, it was such a bring you back to reality so quickly kind of thing that you just didn't know and didn't, and couldn't, I couldn't shut off last night. I couldn't mm. shut off going back, looking to Twitter, looking for updates until the, the Cincinnati Hospital said they weren't going to have any type of press conference last night. Only the, I think the agent or his press comp, his press person was was releasing any type of information last night. So, um, I've been in a couple situations like that. My son was actually carted off his senior year um, with a neck injury uh, and a concussion, and that was uh, that was a scary moment having him transported to the hospital and and. Um, I've had to perform CPR once in my life, mm. and that, those are tough scenarios. Those are tough situations, and it just reminds you back to everything that there's a there's a human being out there, and you got a chance to to see the video of of his mom and him, you know, seeing on the on the sideline before the game, and then the, the ambulance waiting around for mom to jump in the ambulance to go to the hospital last night. There's that's a that's a player, teammate, friend, brother. Uh, down to a family member and a son, a son and, and a friend. It just it was, it was it got very real very quick. Let's mm-hmm. just put it that way. We're talking to Brian Munson with HuskerOnline.com. That's very well said, Brian. We appreciate those thoughts. Um, let's move on to some Husker football news. I want to start with Cameron Lenhart because you know this is a guy mm-hmm. that that we've been talking about uh, for, for it seems like a year now. And you know we're still <laughs> a year. We're still wondering uh, what what it's could happen. Yeah, I know it's just, it's a name that we're we're always looking at uh, because you know he's a pretty good talent, and it'd be it'd be really impressive if we can get him here. Uh, he's committing here very soon. How are you feeling about Cameron? Like today, I think. 
things look very, very good for Nebraska. So obviously there's uh, there's an Under Armour All-American game that's taking place down in Orlando. Or maybe it's just the they, – they've all kind of rebranded and stuff like that. So there's an All-American game that, that'll be on television, national television, later on today. I think it starts at 4 o'clock Central. Um, there's an announcement pending for a couple guys that'll be there. One of them is Cameron Lenhart. I think he is either at, I think he's at halftime, if I remember the, the schedule of him. And then Ethan Nation is the other player. And Ethan, I think, is actually declaring before the game. Um, but Cameron Lenhart, uh, you know, obviously visited Nebraska in June officially, committed to Nebraska silently in July, announced publicly in, in August, and then decommitted once Scott Frost was let go. And has kind of just hung out there and never really took another official visit um, until things kind of started picking back up again in December. And then he went and took a visit to Nebraska again, like on December 9th. And then I think he went to Maryland the week after that. Um, I, I think things look still very, very good here. I, 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 I did a story on him following his official visit before he went to Maryland. And there was always something like in his voice that he just didn't sound very excited talking about Nebraska. Like, even after he was committed, it was just very monotone, very just not not like I just made the best decision of my life. But when I talked to him after his official visit in December, it was a 180. This kid was incredibly excited about what was happening at Lincoln. Um, was very excited that Nebraska had, had not given up on him and and wanted him to, to, to still continue to be a Cornhusker. Um, so I think things look very good there. And then Ethan Nation, obviously, is the other one out of Roswell, New Jersey, uh, Roswell, Georgia. Um, he has been getting a little bit of pub about, you know, not being the biggest guy out there on the island, you know, playing cornerback, but fundamentally really sound, like very quick through the back pedal, very fluid through his hips. And uh, I think, and he visited Nebraska either on that week, weekend that, that Lenhart was in town or the weekend after. And uh, I think things look really good for him to end up being a Cornhusker as well today. So I think Nebraska is going to get two announcements actually this afternoon, which will be a big boost to the class given the position. And I think it's also just so cool when you get a school that's getting that kind of pub, that free pub of having those guys announce on national television, it, it always does great things for the program. Yeah, or opposite. <laughs> We've had those, okay? We've known those that have happened. <laughs> Sorry, that was a little quip, a little quip for Nebraska a little bit. So um, you look at this, and you're talking about these two kids that are, that are possibly committing. And, and I, what's been the change in some of this? Because obviously, Linhart, you know, we've been talking about it like a year. We laugh about it. But what's been the overall change for some of these kids? Because obviously, they, like I said, maybe not feeling as great, maybe under – a different regime, but now what's the energy behind what rule and staff are doing? I think what you got there is once they took the visit, um, there was the, the words, the words that came out of the, the recruits mouths uh, following that December 9th and December 16th, week, 16th weekend was energy. And it, it just, I think a lot of those guys also have, have seen other places. They, they've been on other trips, and they, and they know what the routine is. It's like the head coach is here to kind of hand it off to the offensive coordinator or the recruiting coordinator, and then he kind of pops his head in, you know, here and there, like, hey, you guys having a great time? And Rule was everywhere with these guys. He was part of basically the visit weekend, not necessarily as a head coach, but just as 
a person that was there, and it wasn't just the coaches, it was their families, and everybody was together, and, and hearing some of these kids that were talking about, yeah, when I took the visit to, to Nebraska, I already knew, you know, who Matt Rule's wife's name, what, what her name was, I already knew about his son, I was looking forward to playing video games or pool or ping pong, you know, with him and whatever, there was such a a family type of environment. I mean, because obviously at that point you kind of had this this thing with the, the the players, you know, kind of being on, but kind of really being off again. But you're still pulling them in for for visits, but there's not like really any organized activities. It's like voluntary workouts and whatever because you're out of the bowl season. So I, I I really feel like it was this positive energy, positive vibe that that really starts with Matt Rule and his coaching staff and, and how they kind of brought all this stuff together. And, and look, they were still figuring stuff out at that moment when they were hosting those guys in December. And they basically said, like, look, whatever question you got, we're going to get you an answer. And if we don't know what the answer is right away, we're going to go with you and we're going to go find the people that can answer that question and we'll go get the answer. And that's going to do us some good, too, down the line when we get asked that question those were the best possible types of scenarios to work through. It was like, we don't have all the answers. We know we can get you the answers. Let's just go find them all together. I feel like, do you feel like it's like one of those late night commercials? Like, Coach Rule, we know we can speak. I feel like it's like the New Year's resolution. You're sitting there late at night. The infomercial comes on for this new workout thing or pill. You're like, I got to have that. They sold it to me. I'm in. That's going to change my life. I feel like he could get you in a room and just seal the deal. I think he's an incredibly well, uh, uh, incredibly polished speaker, and I think he is. Uh, when he's doing that, I think a lot of times <clears throat> people are kind of being very careful in crafting their sentences and, and watching their wording and not trying to mislead or be offensive to anybody at all. I think Rule has this perfect delivery, and it is just one of those things. Whether it's whether it's, you know, his father being a preacher or a pastor, you know, and, and kind of being brought up in that environment, kind of, you know, because there was something that was very about him, you know, when it comes to, like, his announcement and his press conferences so far, his delivery and, 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 and how he kind of captures the room and how he kind of delivers the message. That's how I would kind of mm-hmm. kind of relate it back to people in my life is when they've got to carry a room, it's me sitting in, in a pew someplace, you know, and people having to carry my, my attention span for 45 minutes or through a 15-minute sermon. Those were – and, and that's the wording and that's the delivery and that's the, that's the type of thing that I've, I, I was hearing from him. So I think that he's just – I think he's an incredible salesman, but I think the reason why is because there's – total transparency there and Mm -hmm. i think that that's got to be like you get past the snake oil salesman kind of pitches and the guys that that typically live on that kind of stuff and that's not that's not what rule does and and i think that he said that from the beginning like how do i approach a guy you know illegally out of the portal and say that's the first time i'm going to reach out to you and this is sending the wrong message about how i do my job and i really felt like gosh that's such a that's such a great lens and perspective to kind of say that. We're talking to Brian Munson with HuskerOnline.com. Brian, I wanted to ask you about uh, some of the staff hires that, that Rule has brought in. You know, he's bringing in a lot of guys with Texas connections, you know, guys that have been coaching in Texas and all that. Uh, do you think this is him knowing how big 
you know, t- the Texas connection to Nebraska can be in bringing back Nebraska football. Is this why we're seeing him kind of hire some some guys down in Texas is to kind of get back that pipeline from Texas? Well, I, I'm sure that that definitely weighs into the whole criteria. I think that, you know, you're you're talking about Bob Wager. You're talking about, you know, McGuire that, that supposedly is going to be joining the staff as, as some sort of wide receiver related, whether that's the full-time assistant, assistant or if he's some sort of a passing game coordinator, assistant coach, whatever. I, I don't know where he's actually going to sit at because there's not been a, a, a real announcement there. But I, I think that Coach Rule – realizes that, you know, in, in kind of looking back at the success that Nebraska's had before in the past, where or where things seem to have kind of turned, you know, downward trend, where you, you start talking about Calabrasca or Florabrasca or whatever, those always just felt like propped up gimmicks. Mm-hmm. And when you got into, like, when Nebraska was truly being successful, you went back and reviewed the roster. You had success in state. You had success in the 500 mile. You had success basically in the conference footprint. But you had success in the state of Texas. And when and and, and obviously there's this there's this I, I want to call it a myth. I want to call it a myth that that basically when you pulled out of the Big 12 and you went to the Big 10 and you no longer were playing any schools in the Big 10, but you felt like the support there for Nebraska had gone away. Because you were never playing any state any schools in the state in the state of Texas anymore, I, I feel like that was just kind of this generally bad opinion and assumption. And in what you what you really got to go back and find are the kids that are there are some kids that are that are bound and determined to stay home. They're going to go to Austin. They're going to go to College Station, Lubbock, Waco, whatever. But then there are the ones that 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 decide that you know maybe they're not from Texas originally, and and they and they they've been transplanted. And, and, and these are kids that, that want to get out of the state because there have been cycles in the, in, the, in the periods that I have covered recruiting and, and talking to guys like Byron Bennett, you know, going back to the late 80s where it was literally it was such a trend to, to not stay in state. And all those kids, all the top players were leaving the state of Texas. You've you've got to find the ones that are willing to leave. You've got to be there when when the when the when the iron is striking and and the clock is striking and the iron is hot. When you when you want when those kids want to leave the state, you can't do it because it's trendy and fashionable. You you have to be there the entire time and be able to to reap the rewards then because you've been there the entire time. So I I, I do feel like there has been a a, a conscious you know. Uh, way through the staff to kind of make sure that he's got some got some lifelines back into the back into the state and i do feel like there are kids every single year every single cycle that are interested in going to the best place possible whether that's in state or out of state and nebraska needs to find out who those people are and if there's ones that are just saying i want to stay closer to home you move on to the next and i think that that's one thing that we've also found in the month of december that, that they are so good at doing they're so good at pulling up another guy and going, gosh, why is this guy like only three stars? Why is this guy, you know, not getting more play and not and not more highly recruited and ranked and ranked? They they are finding those guys already because some of the film, like the Vincent Carroll Jackson, I know he's very raw, but dude, that kid, that kid that kid's got that kind of thing that when you see him, you know, a year or two from now, it's just it's just one of those things where you just say like if he gets into a great situation. 
like look out. That could be the guy that's the real sleeper gem of the entire class. Yeah, that's that's good stuff. I tell you what, on the new assistants, I'm holding out. I think rule, but what what you're saying is definitely there's history with rule, whether it be a player or not. But I think a tall task for McGuire is going to be. He's like maybe a couple years older than a couple of these guys on the team. Like, think about that. He's not even 24 yet. Is Casey Thompson older than him, or Anthony Grant? I think Anthony Grant might be the same age as him. I don't know when their birthdays line up. And I saw Anthony Grant. I mean, <clears throat> good on Anthony, number one, that, that he signed with the, the, yes. the NIL collective. Because yes. I, I think that that's a huge get. Him and Allen coming back next year, that's pretty darn huge for that room. Um, it doesn't put you in complete and total panic time. And I think that those guys have got to be very interested with, with what could happen potentially, you know, with, a, a different offensive staff, and I think Joshua Fleeks will will play a, a role, you know, in that room. But he's also going to play a role at wide receiver as well. So I dare I dare to say the word duck R again, mm-hmm. but definitely something, you know, kind of combo between the the running back and the wide receiver position. But yeah, I I, I think that McGuire and Anthony Grant I think are both twenty three at this moment. Yeah, it was good stuff, um, Brian. Last one uh, before we get you out of here. Um, obviously, we're going in and we'll continue to sign in portal. What's left for Nebraska? What are they looking at right now uh, to still fill? I know they're, what, they're in the mix maybe for another uh, tight end possibly I think you guys put out and things like that. But uh, what's left for the staff to get accomplished before we uh, – I mean, we're not too far. I mean, think about it. It's 2023, right? Spring is just around yeah. the corner. Well, I think there's about two and a half weeks here where these tra- these portal transfer guys are going to have to get things figured out and <clears> – <throat> get wherever they're going to so when we caught up with jake roberts last week we kind of held the article until sunday or monday and then i called him on monday like monday afternoon and i was like hey dude you taking a trip to nebraska and all of a sudden it was no and, and jake roberts is the portal transfer tight end from north texas who's uh now going to take a trip to arkansas smu and baylor i think so um nebraska Kind of struck out there with with Jake Roberts. I'm not going to tell you that maybe the door isn't isn't you know doesn't have a isn't cracked open a little bit because he obviously still has some time. He obviously still has visits that he can take. I, I've seen these situations play out before where the kid thinks that he's done, but he gets kind of you know encouraged to take another trip. So uh, we'll see what happens there. But I, I definitely think like Nebraska is still you know in the market for an offensive tackle a tight end, uh, potentially, you know, a, a big nose. Um, I, I, I do feel like there could be still something brewing in the secondary, which is really, really interesting given the, given the number of defensive backs that were added to the roster back to last January. I got a feeling that we're going to still start seeing, you know, seeing some more turnover, you know, coming out of that room here in the coming weeks. So, Keep a close eye on that one. Uh, there's a kid by the name of Al Wal- Walcott, uh, Walcott that's out of that came out of Baylor, just announced on the 29th, I think. And I've been hearing some things, you know, linking him uh, back to Nebraska. So I think secondary, maybe an edge guy, you know, still defensive lineman, tight end for sure, and I think offensive tackle are still going to be in play. Awesome. Brian, always a pleasure, man. I'm glad to have you back in this new year and uh, looking forward to us being together for a long time here. So, man, stay safe, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Talk to you guys next week. We'll see you. Brian Munson, HuskerLine.com. All right. Always good stuff. You can check all the recruiting stuff out there. So we got about a minute and a half left or two and a half. I don't know. A minute and a half.
um, tonight. Uh, BT and I believe six o'clock. Nebraska on the road. Back at it. Michigan State tall task ahead. Current line's like seven and a half. Yeah. In there, uh, Michigan State. You know what? Hey, Tom Izzo can coach. Yeah, and they. I remember watching Michigan State earlier earlier in the season. It's not a team I think we match up well against. I'm a huge Izzo fan, by the way. Yeah, no, me too. They're definitely. not very. They're, they're tall. They're athletic, though. They are, and it's it's always a tough place to play. Uh, but when I think about this season and what we need to do to have you know a, a good season and make some sort of postseason tournament, you got to win a few on the road. Uh, you, you know, at least three or four. Because um, I think I think we're going to play good at home. I think we're a home. Yep. Team. Yeah. This is a team, by the way. Uh, this is a team uh, tonight. This is what you have to do. It's this is going to be remind you a lot of the Creighton matchup a little bit. Not very, not exactly the same. Michigan State's want to get up and down the floor. They're going to pressure you to make you turn it over. They like to shoot the three in transition. They like to change the game. Nebraska has to stay within itself and control this thing, mm-hmm. and not be dumb tonight. Yep. You got to maximize every possession you got in a game like this. They're a very well-coached team. They're going to get to the boards. They're going to make you get out of your element. Nebraska has to stay committed to who they are mm-hmm. in this game and control themselves with uh, the energy and adversity on the road in front of a big-time crowd. And I think if they do that, they're going to be in this game. They're going to cover tonight. Hell, it's 2023. Nebraska, 64. Uh, no, 70, 68. Nebraska. Oh, my God. 70-68, Nebraska wins. I'm not even going to do a score prediction. We're Done. sticking with that. 2023. Hey, appreciate you guys. We're back. Can't wait to be back for the rest of the year. Well, you guys have a great Tuesday. See you tomorrow.